0: everybody welcome back to a new episode of dimming the gaslight my name is Mac and uh, thanks for coming back for episode 19 Wow 19 episodes um, before we get started' I want to extend a special thank you to Blake for last week's episode. Um, Blake Sorensen told an amazing story about her alcoholic ex, um, his deployment into the military, um, all the things that, you know, he he had like OCD comorbidities and things like that. Um, Really such a cool episode. If you didn't check it out, go back and check out Blake Sorensen's episode. Um, and, uh, yeah, if you want to be on this show, don't forget, please reach out to me. Um, I get a lot of messages. I'm doing my best to read them all. If you want to be on this podcast, please email me at dimmingthegaslight at gmail.com. And please remember to follow me on Instagram and on TikTok at dimming underscore the underscore gaslight. Um, so guys, it's been a little while since I have done an individual episode, um, And I have some exterior circumstances that, uh, make me think I should do a, um, I should do a personal episode. So here I am. Um, and, uh, I just kind of wanted to check in with you guys. I've said in past episodes, um, it's a little bit like a therapy session. Um, and I am in therapy, but you know, I like telling you guys where I stand. You guys ask me, you know, when I'm, when I'm doing these interviews with people, you guys ask me what's going on with me in real time. Um... And you know, I kind of wait for things to unfold before recording an episode. So um the first thing I wanted to touch on, um a couple of weeks ago during an intro, um, I said that I got my um I met up with my former marital psychiatrist um to get my bipolar diagnosis. And I submitted it to my current treating uh psychiatrist. Um that being said My ex withheld the kids from me for so long because she said I was violent because of my bipolar disorder. Well, I got that information from my former psychiatrist and there's actually no diagnosis of being bipolar. There's a mention of it because the former psychiatrist says that my nex or my nexorcist, which you guys love calling my nex now from uh, my episode with Mo, um, my nexorcist said that I was bipolar, but I'm not bipolar and uh my current treating psychiatrist said there's no way that I could function in the world being a father and holding a job and doing all the things that I'm doing if I was bipolar. Um I'm not bipolar. I guess what I was treated for when I had that allergic reaction that I talked to many many episodes ago. Um I guess what I was being treated for was, you know, depression and anxiety from dealing with narcissistic abuse. Um so I admit, I am proud to say that, that that's wrong. Um, and it is helpful that, you know, my necks really doesn't have that leg to stand on anymore. Um, so yeah, that's, that's one thing that I wanted to touch on um, that's going on with my life, you know. Um, you know, I want to tell you a little bit more about some of the bullshit that she's doing to me. Um, I've mentioned on many, many, many episodes about uh, Fireman John. And how my next has a new boyfriend. Um, So recently, she told me that she wants to um, take the kids away from Memorial Day, uh, which is at the end of May. If, if you're listening from outside of the United States, Memorial Day is uh, like a military holiday. It's a bank holiday um, where, you know, you celebrate the fallen military heroes of this country. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, especially when you're in the area that I am near the um, ocean, a lot of people head down to the ocean for Memorial Day weekend, an extended weekend. Well, um, we were trying to decide for May, Um, what our visitation would look like on the weekends. And I said that I wanted them on my children on the Sunday of Memorial Day. And she said, no, you can't have them because we're going down to the shore. Okay. The shore is, you know, we call it the shore here in New Jersey. So we're going down to the shore. And I said, well, actually I have a friend who has a ocean house, a beach house, and I want to take them down to the shore. So it's actually good news that you'll be down at the shore. I told her, I said, um, we can do the exchange down at the shore. So I'll have them for my regular visitation. You know, I get eight and a half hours with my kids and, uh, you know, we'll do the exchange down at the shore. And she's like, oh, no, no, that, that can't happen. You know, I'm getting them the whole weekend. I'm like, no, you're not. That's that's a violation of the court order. And um, so uh, I, I started thinking, because knowing that she's going away, I said, um, will you have... Uh, a male paramour there. I use the word paramour because that's what my lawyers use, um, which is just a male suitor, essentially. And she said, I don't know yet, but if I do, you'll know. Which, anybody listening to this right now, you know goddamn right, that means, yes, he'll be there. Okay? So, I contacted my lawyer, and I said, listen, honestly, and and I mean this genuinely, right? I don't give a shit about Fireman John anymore. I truly, truly don't. The way I see it, listen, when I used to have past breakups, okay, I would be jealous. You know, a lot of us, we're, we're jealous of of the new supply, right? But uh, I've gotten a lot of good advice, and someone told me that Fireman John is probably a lot like me, okay? He's probably an empath, Um He's probably a good guy. He's, you know, I know he's always buying her flowers and they go out to dinner and they date on Saturday nights and stuff like that. I bet Fireman John is like me. And he doesn't know that he is about to get caught in this spider web with a hungry spider. Okay? He does not know. And I kind of feel bad for him. The only reason I don't feel bad for him is... Because he was already at my home five five or six weeks after I left the home. So who dates a formerly married woman who's not even divorced? Still has my last name five or six weeks out of the marriage. But still, okay, like listen, I I, I can I can understand it. I can understand it. So I don't hate Fireman John. I truly, truly don't. My issue is that I think with all of the adjustments that my children have had to go through, seeing my my soon to be ex-wife with a new man sends so many messages about how she is just as a person. It, you know, it sends it sends a lot of messages about confusion, about adjustment, about the invalidation of their father. Um, it's not healthy for my kids. It's not healthy and um listen if they want to go out if they want to get a babysitter so be it okay but going away together um i don't like it anyway i contacted my lawyer and there is a law in new jersey um where it's called i don't know if it's called the mantle law or it's the mantle case um but parents are not allowed to they can only introduce their children to new dating partners After six months and they can only have an overnight stay after one year. All right. So I contacted my lawyer and I said, what about this? And they said, well, I think it's a little early because, you know, she said, if, um, you know, if the paramour is going to be there, then she'll let you know, which is bullshit. I know she won't, um, or she'll just lie, but my kids will tell me the truth. So he said, if, if it gets closer to that time, and, uh, you know, you're, you're still having, I guess, apprehension about it. We can send out a letter and block it. And I said, okay, I, I do like that idea. Um, I just, I really don't care that she's dating. I really don't. And and I hope I come off that way. Truly. I don't, I really don't. Um, she's such, she's just a crooked person. She's just, she's a crook. She's a master manipulator. Um, and you know, she's just a bad, bad person. um, also, so uh, I'm going to get to it in a little while, but I mentioned on a former episode that um, I got a new job and I'm going to talk about it with you guys in a little while. But um, one of my things is I got a suit up every single time I go into the office now, full suit. Um, I'll be working in New York City. So I told her I need all my suits from the home. So just yesterday, I was under the impression, I told you guys in, in past episodes, that she had thrown out all of my belongings on the side of the road And, um, well, they were quote unquote stolen, but that's bullshit. Um, so I asked because I have to go into the New York city now. Um, I asked for all my suits from the home with kind of the predisposition that they were all given away, um, (laughs) or thrown out. Um, so yesterday after drop off, I was surprised to see um, not on the sidewalk, thank God, but on, we have like a, kind of like a crosswalk path that walks down the middle of the home. It was on the property, my suits sitting outside in a cardboard box. And I was like, Oh wow. My, I've, you know, thousands of dollars worth of suits that were actually not thrown out. So, um, one of the things on top of the suits was a winter coat. Now, mind you, I mean, we're in May here, so I don't need a winter coat. I don't know why she wouldn't have given me the winter coat before, but it was sitting on top of my suits, and I picked it up and I said, "I don't need this, and I don't have storage for it because I'm still living with my father." Um, I said, "I don't have room for this, so I'm not going to be taking this." And she goes, "I and I and you know I record every single interaction I have with her." And she goes, this is not a storage unit. Get your stuff out. And I looked at her and I have it on recording. I go, you're right. It's not a storage unit. This is the house I own. Now put my belongings back in the home I own. And she says to my son, she says, come on, come on. And I picked up the jacket and I handed it to my son. And I said to my son, I go, please go bring this back in the house. And she goes, no, go bring it down to the garage. And I'm like, no, you're not leaving my belongings outside. And my poor son is holding my jacket and I don't want to put him in the middle of this. I just want my belongings in the house. And she's the one putting them in the middle of it. Um, and then after I left, she sent me this message about how um, I'm traumatizing the children and stuff. I'm like, well, I have the video and you have, you know, cameras around the home. I was like, well, you know, supply that. To, I told her straight up. I said, supply it to your, your council and let's see what they think. Just lies, man. It's constantly lies. It's just constantly lies. So, um, but yeah, so, um, my new job. All right. I want to talk to you guys about the new job. Um, I'm very, very fortunate. A couple of weeks ago, I told you I was getting, um, my, my, my former boss knew, knows about my situation and the hardships that I'm going through and, 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 she was super supportive. She told me, I don't think it's fair that we tell you on a Friday that you're not coming back on a Monday, given, you know, all the stuff that you're going through. So she told me, um, you know, start looking for another job. So, um, I shared that I, you know, I don't mean to brag, but you know, my, my uh, resume, I have a good resume. I have sales experience. I have management experience. Um, I have a good, good resume. And, um, So I applied to a lot of places and uh, this place that I had five interviews and you know, what's really cool. I don't know if any of you guys have been on the job market lately, but um, really interviews are not done anymore in person. One of the things that I had to do was just go on my computer and they give you like a um, time thing where you can check The questions and then answer the questions on camera. You don't even have to meet with anybody anymore. It's really cool. So um, I was able to do the interviews on my time whenever I wanted. Um, I did like five interviews and um, I wasn't nervous at all. Like I just, I I feel like um, I was just calm and I just gave my experience. And so um, I have to be in, they, they want me in New York City. I live in New Jersey, so I would have to commute into New York City. Uh, they want me in, in the office four times a week. And, um, one of the days I can work from home. And so I told them that, you know, I, 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 I kind of leaked it out a couple of times that I was like, Oh, well, can I, you know, can I get more time from home? And I kind of said it jokingly, like, can I get more time from home? Can I get more time from home? And, uh, they, they called me and they said, listen, we're very interested in you. Um, it's between you and one other person, they said. Um, and they said, we like you, but the thing is, is that, you know, you floated out there that you want to work from home more. And I said, well, let me be upfront with you. I said, I'm a divorced dad and I get my children um, from four to six 30 on Tuesdays and Thursdays for dinner. And I said, I'm not willing to sacrifice that. I was like, so I need you to work with me because I am interested in joining your company, but I, I, I can't sacrifice my time with my children. So my hours are supposed to be 9 to 7 in the city every day. So they're going to let me do Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 9 to 7. Wednesday, I work from home. And Tuesdays and Thursdays, they want me in the office in New York City at 7 a.m. And they're going to let me leave at 2 uh, p.m. so I could pick up my kids by 4. So listen, is that tough? Yeah, and especially because I've been working from home for the last three years. But I'm going to be making a lot more money Um, I'm going to be in the Mecca of the world in Rockefeller Center in New York city. If you guys want to visit me, hit me up. Maybe we could do some lunch or something. Um, but I'm excited for the opportunity. Um, and maybe in my brain, I'm, I'm making the commute out to be harder or worse than it is. I'm not really all that worried about it, to be honest. Um, I'll make it work. You know, I've been turning... I, I, I've been saying to people, I've been turning uh, chicken shit into chicken salad now for over six months, over nine years, honestly. But I, I'm, I'll i am find a way to make it work. So it's not that bad. Um, And, you know, I got my suits from my home. I was able to, you know... I went to, like, Goodwill, and I got some, like, blazers and stuff for, like, $10 and stuff. And they're nice. Like, I don't know... Uh, listen, i it's amazing. You know, I, I thank God because I really... You know, when I when I really feel like I'm at my wit's end, you know, things just turn around from my favor. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm very, very, very grateful. Um, so that's that's about the new job. Wish me luck um, when this episode drops. I will be starting tomorrow. So um, I'm excited for it. Um, another thing that I wanted to talk about is we are, as far as my divorce goes, heading to mediation and, uh, so we, I, I mentioned, um, that I had to get an appraisal and an inspection done for the joint marital home. And, uh, we got that done and, uh, the appraisal came in, um, right about what I expected. Um, and it came in for substantially more than what we paid for the house, Um, But there is a lot left on the mortgage. So the equity isn't crazy, but I need that equity. I need that equity and I need it now. So we're heading to mediation. Um, The problem is too, is that, so I got the inspection done and there is a litany of problems with that home. Um, The other thing is, is that my next supplied the appraiser and the inspector, unbeknownst to me, was not talked about with me, she submitted um, illegitimate estimates for the repairs that need to be done to the home, totaling close to $100,000. And all these estimates are done by the cronies of her friends that she grew up with in Pleasantville. So, I talked to my lawyer. I'm like, should I get additional estimates from unbiased people? And they're like, well, let's see what happens with the mediator. And I said, okay, but like, I just need to get my equity out of this home so I can move on with my life. Um, Yeah, it's almost $100,000 in repairs. And like, what's going to happen? So then she's going to fix it up and then what? Flip the house for who knows how much, almost maybe half a million dollars. Like that can't be. That can't be. And and I really, like, I like my lawyers, but I don't think they're that aggressive. I, I really wish they would take this non, you know, no-nonsense approach and get me the money that I am entitled to. Um, so I need my equity. I really, really do. Um, so I'm working it out. You know, I got the job. Uh, you know, hopefully in a couple of weeks I can schedule that mediation. Um... You know, it's funny, this is just a little, uh, I don't know, little nugget of information. Uh, I've been pausing <laughs> this podcast, so I started vaping for my nerves, uh, vaping nicotine. I don't do THC or anything like that, but I started vaping nicotine, um, besides being on anti-anxiety medication, uh. I'm finding that vaping is helping me and I'm not, I'm not condoning it to anybody. I'm not saying to help your nerves, but for me it's, it's helping. And (laughs) so you might hear me blow out a little bit as I'm recording. So, um, anyway, another thing is, so, um, I've kind of entered back into the dating world. Um, and, uh, it's a jungle out there, man. (laughs) I haven't done online dating like ten years ago, I did like the plenty of fish thing. If it, I don't know if plenty of fish is still going on, um, but I did the plenty of fish thing years ago, and it didn't really work out the way I I wanted. And then I met my next, and I got off it. Um, but I, so I did this thing like right out of the right out of the marriage. Right, um, I downloaded the dating apps. Right, and I downloaded what do I have? So I have Tinder and Bumble and uh, Hinge, and so I downloaded these apps. And I'll be honest, I wanted to kind of test my market value. I wanted to know that I was still attractive and I can talk to women and women are interested in me. And uh, so I did it for like self-validation. And um, so uh, you women are super savvy. Um, And of course, like, listen, it comes with the territory you want to know about my divorce and that's fine. Like, I'll tell you about my divorce, but I don't want my divorce to be a reflection on who I am as a person. Um, because I've only been out of the home for six months, but the relationship, you know, and this is, this is the line that I use, but my relationship has, it's true, been over for years. You know, that emotional connection has been over for years. Um, so yes, I'm sort of in a rebuild phase and women don't want a project. Um, but I don't necessarily consider my, myself a project. My life, the things that I'm doing for my healing, um, in terms of exercise and this podcast and, um, meeting people and trying to help people. And I don't want to give that up in a new relationship. I want to take what I like about myself and all these things that I'm finding out about myself that I'm capable and I'm lovable. And I'm, um, you know, the things that I like about myself, I want somebody to supplement that. So anyway, I've gotten back into the dating scene a little bit. Um, and I've gone on a couple of dates. I went out with this this one girl, um, really funny. She said to me, um, you know, we, we were having just a good conversation and, and you could probably tell, uh, you know, I, I try and be a good conversationalist. <laughs> so this girl goes, uh, she's asking me about my divorce and I tell her blah, blah, blah. And uh, she says, so I, I retort and I say, when was your last relationship? And she says like five or six months ago. And... Uh, I said, okay, and and, um, I was like, you know, so it's all copacetic now, and she said, yeah, and I said, "Um, okay, and she goes, I don't know if you know anything about narcissism, but he was a malignant narcissist, and I go, shut the fuck up. I was like, listen, I know narcissism is a hot buzzword these days, but I'm like, what do I do now? (laughs) So this girl tells me about narcissism, and she's telling me about narcissism, and, you know, my heart's pumping, and I go, fuck it, I'm just going to tell her. So I tell her about the podcast and she listens to the podcast and she says, I don't care about your baggage. You know, your baggage is okay with me um, because I went through it too. And I said, holy shit. So I ended up meeting up with this girl um, and uh, we had a good conversation. The conversation was great and I was physically attracted to her, but I don't know what happened. Um, Some sort of trigger in me uh, panicked and I started thinking... Is this, am I going to stop on the first stepping stone that I find getting out of my marriage? Like, I was just like, is this what I'm going to do? Am I going to wholeheartedly throw myself into this? And uh, I had to just let the girl down and say, listen, you know, maybe I'm not ready. And I told her, you know, she understands triggers and stuff like that. And I said, you know, I don't know what happened, but something inside of me was like, no, I'm not ready for this. And I just had to be honest. And uh, I feel bad because she was let down and, you know, but listen, I guess that's the way the world, you know, Um, call it boundaries. I have to, I have to um, emphasize my boundaries these days And, and I didn't have boundaries before and I'm really, really, really making a full throttle effort to institute my boundaries these days because I think it's so important when it comes to you know, what you want in life, you know, not compromising, not settling for somebody, you know, uh, overstepping those boundaries. And I won't, I truly, truly won't settle for that anymore. Um, so yeah. And then, and then I met up with another woman, um, absolutely beautiful, um, great conversation again. Um, and we met up and, uh, it went really well. Um, and so afterwards i actually texted her and i said listen you know uh, i think you're beautiful i'm physically attracted to you i was like i think our conversation went great i'd like to meet up again hope you had a good time right and she wrote back she's like it was good yeah we can and i was like great and then the next morning she texts me and goes listen i just want to be transparent with you but um i think you deserve somebody who would reciprocate or some shit like that and she's like i wish you all the best or something and she like Dump me, but whatever. It was one meeting, but I was like, "Damn, is that how this shit works?" Like, you know, and I'm sure you guys can relate to that. It's like, yeah, the dating game's a fucking jungle out there. Um, but whatever. I'm still swiping right. I'm still swiping left. Um, I, I'm still, you know, I just, I'm able to to just strike up conversations. Um, which is people, you know, like I, I go to the the park with my kids or whatever, and you know, whether I'm attracted to somebody or not, I, you know, I can strike up a conversation at you know the playground or something like that. So, um in terms of the dating game, I'll be all right. I'm not super worried about it. Um, like I said, I'm kind of testing my market value. I want to, you know, I do need that validation. I do know, want to know that I'm valuable, but then again, like I can give myself that validation. Like you hear all over. It's like, you got to give that yourself that validation. Um, so, uh, I have been, and, um, I'm happy with it. And I hope that doesn't come off as conceited. That's not my intention, but, um, yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying. And, uh, I'm sure you guys can give me some pointers and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, that's that. Um, now this is, this is, uh, the biggest thing that is going on with my life. Um, so I mentioned, um, way, 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 way back when, when I was telling my story, it was on episode three. I went back and I looked it up. It was on episode three of this podcast, And I told you guys about my wedding. And um, I told you guys about how my Nexorcist made the entire wedding about her and her family. Okay? And I also told you a story about how I have an older sister. And my older sister and I had a fallout. And I told you, I'm going to protect what we had the fallout. About because this podcast is not about her, um, but it was messy and it it caused a huge dissolution of my relationship with my mother's side of the family. I also told you that my mother died unexpectedly, and my mother did not say goodbye to me um, because of the hardships that I was causing her, um, and. Um, it's something that I've had to live with over the last five years, really, truly not a day goes by where I don't think about my mother. And, you know, you only have one mother, you only have one father in your life. And, uh, I wish things worked out differently. You know, I really, really, truly do. Um, and it's something that I'll have to live with. It's part of my healing. Um, so I have a cousin from my mother's side of the family that is the only one over since my wedding that I did stay in touch with. And my cousin let me know that they, him and his family, were coming to visit um, in July of this year. And he said, you know, we would love to see you and connect. And I told my cousin, well, I don't really think that I am welcome. I said, it's going to be really hard because he's staying. My aunt has a um, beach house. And um, I said... I don't really think that I'm welcome um, because of you know the dissolution with my sister and my mom's side of the family and my mother passing away I said there is a lot of things uh, that need to be repaired within that relationship and my cousin said well he's like I want to tell you um, my cousin's mother is also my godmother so my aunt is also my godmother um, they live in Colorado And I've always had a very good relationship uh, with that aunt. You know, we we always talk very candidly about situations. And, uh, you know, um, she's always been very good to me. Um, And, you know, I missed her tremendously during this fallout over five plus years. Um, Somewhere between five to ten years. Okay. And um, so my cousin said, I talked to my mother, my godmother, and said... Um, I told her about your divorce and her words were, maybe Mac will come back to the family. And I was like, wow. I was like, she said that? And my cousin said, yeah. And I was like, wow, 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 wow. So I told my cousin, I said, how would she feel about talking with me? And he said, well, the only thing you can do is reach out. And I said, oh my God. You got to understand, I never thought I would talk to them again. I never thought I would talk to them again. And uh, I deleted her out of my phone um, because of the anger that I had. Um, And... I told my cousin, give me her phone number and my cousin gave me my aunt's phone number and I just sent her a text and I said, Hey, I know it's been a while, but I would love to talk to you. And, uh, we did. Um, so I called her. We were lucky to have, um, a two hour conversation and, uh, I'm so grateful. Um, You know, I did... Listen, there's there's two sides to every story. Well, there's three sides to every story. There's my side, their side, and the truth. The way I viewed the relationship and how things fell apart was based upon the narrative that my necks fed me. And... um my intention by reconnecting with my aunt was not even to get forgiveness, not even to be heard. I wanted to listen to their side of the story because I have my side and it's important to hear their side and their side of the story is that I was not good to my mother and my mother was heartbroken before she died. Um, and you know, it's the truth. When I was younger, I was not a very good kid. Um, I shared on this that I was kind of a rebel. I was like a punk rock kid. I was always, always, always getting in trouble. Um, you know, I was using drugs and alcohol and women and I was getting in trouble and just self-destructive behavior. And, um, so my mother and I, when I got older, um, my mother and I had this, what I attempted to do was a resolution and, um, I apologized for how I was as a kid and I almost wanted it to be a transition that as a man, I want to be a better person. And my mother, um, and I had like a three hour conversation, um, And it was very tearful. It was hugging and kissing and I'm sorry. And, um, but when you do a certain amount of damage, like I did, even if it's your own mother, people can say that they forgive you and they can say that they let it go. But those resentments can linger for years. And although my mother, you know, when we were together said that she forgave me, I don't think she really ever did. And when I met the next, um, she still had her resentments. And then on top of it, she hated my necks, absolutely hated my necks. And through talking with my aunt, my necks and I, listen, I had free will. Okay. I had free will to act the way I was acting. However, I can't discount the fact that I was severely brainwashed. Okay. Severely brainwashed. But I did some really shitty things to my sister, to my aunt, to another cousin that getting the full story beyond my level of understanding from the brainwashing that I received from my next, who took a kernel of truth and just ran with it, getting the other side of the story. Oh, man. Um, I'm sorry. You know, they're going to be listening to this. And I am so sorry. I am so sorry for the way I acted, the way I behaved. Um, and uh, so my aunt and I reconciled. Um, and she said, you know, your next step towards reconciliation is going to need to be with your sister. And now, although I can recognize my fault in a lot of what happened with my family. My sister and I growing up, our problems did not happen when I got married. We really never truly saw eye to eye. Our best times together were when she had kids because I love kids, I'm great with kids and that was my niece and nephew. And um, so I reached out to my sister. And I did the same thing I did with my aunt. I said, hey, Uh, well, my aunt first reached out to my sister and and told her what had been going on and how we were reconciling. And I reached out to my sister and I said, listen, I want to put the ball in your court completely on your terms, but I would like to speak with you. And um, oh, man, it was a late conversation later in the evening. And I will tell you, I was terrified all day long, all day long. I was so terrified. And uh, so it's like 6.30 in the evening and my phone rings and here we go. And I hear my sister's voice for the first time in 10 plus years. And uh, right out of the gate, my sister says, I'm sorry for the way I treated you when we were younger because I wanted attention and you got all the attention and I'm sorry for the way I treated you. And instantly all of my walls fell all of my walls fell and I apologized to her for having for the way I behaved because she was in need she was in need of help and uh I did not help her instead I shamed her and it was wrong and I'm so sorry um And my sister and I also connected for two hours. And uh, I can't believe I'm getting my family back. There's so much forgiveness. There's so much healing. And I got to tell you, they hate my necks. (laughs) They get it. They saw it. My, my aunt asked me, are you familiar with narcissistic personality disorder? I go, are you fucking kidding me? Of course I am. And not only that, she goes, well, it goes beyond that. She said, she's histrionic. Uh, she's definitely got a personality disorder. There is something so wrong with her. So wrong with her. Um, the lying and the manipulation and all the experiences that they had with her. Um, and they said that they, uh, they always feared that she would frame me or physically harm me. And... Um, I had to tell him the story about the restraining order that I received and how she kept me away from my kids and how she framed me for abuse. And my aunt wept and she said, I can't believe it. Well, she can believe it because she knew it was going to happen. Um, so all that to say, I'm super grateful for reconnecting with my family. I also made a tremendous amends to, um, my cousin, another cousin who, uh, she was also in need, and I wasn't there for her, and I have the utmost remorse for that. And we were able to talk, and and she cried the entire time. She cried for over an hour, just telling me about how she looked up to me and she loved me, and I wasn't there for her. And she's right, and I wasn't. So listen, guys, I'm not a perfect person. I'm a guy behind a microphone. I've gone through some really difficult things in life, um, and my objection is to carry this message to anyone listening to this who can understand we are not our mistakes. We are not, well, we are our choices. Um, but sometimes we make choices in the moment that we either think are right. We might even think they're wrong, but we make these choices because they probably seem like the best decision to make to get us to the next, you know, to get us from a to B. And that's what I did. And they weren't the right choices. I knew in the moment they weren't the right choices, but I made them. And um, I'm so grateful that I have my family. Um, I'm getting my family back. And I'm hoping that I can have kind of a reunion with them over the summer. Like my cousin asked that he would like to see me. Um, He and I never had any problems. And, um, you know, I'm hoping that that can happen. That being said, I did tell them about this podcast um, because uh, I kind of wanted them to know my story. And, you know, I could go through my whole story with my family, but um, it is also out here for the whole world to hear. And uh, so my aunt has been listening to all the podcasts. She's binging it. Um, My sister said she'll listen when she's ready. And uh, I actually extended the offer. Listen, I'm not trying to dramatize my life or anything but I extended the offer to my sister to be on this podcast and, uh, we can talk about our feelings. Um, we can talk about our healing, our forgiveness, you know, what we thought each other did, what we felt each other did. And, um, moving on, you know, I said to them, listen, we wasted 10 years, but are we going to waste the rest of our lives? Is that what we're going to do? Because I'm sorry. Um, I forgive you if you can forgive me, you know, it's not going to happen overnight, but I hope, I hope we can get to that point because I do love you. And if you're listening, I do love you. Um, so, um, I'm excited. That being said, guys, um, I have some stuff I got to do with my day, so I'm going to end it here. Um. I am excited for the next couple weeks of my life with a new job and getting my family back. And um, you know, my life is is moving on and the light at the end of the tunnel feels like it's getting bigger. Um, and I'm excited. So thank you for listening to this episode. As always, if you want to be on the podcast, please email me at dimming thegaslight at gmail.com. Please follow me on dimming underscore the underscore gaslight on Instagram and TikTok. And thanks again for listening. And until next time, everybody.